want to uh, title this message, Help Our Harmony. Help Our Harmony. There's two images that come to mind when you think of this term harmony. I spent some time this past week and uh, there's two images that seem to surface. One is a military image. The other is a musical image. Let's start with the military image. This uh, week, a number of people were off work on Wednesday because we were celebrating our veterans this past Wednesday. A veteran is a person that has served in the military, and the military has a lot of different cool sayings, a lot of kind of PR slogans. And depending on what era you come from, you might be familiar with a, a few of their slogans. They used to have one that said, be all that you can be. They had another one that said uh, army of one. But my, my personal favorite has always been the one that says uh, we do more before 9 a.m. than most people all day. That just sounds just <laughs> what? You know, I, I, I love that one. But these slogans from the army, uh, they're, they're supposed to help you remember something near and dear about our military services and our military does a number of things to help you remember the sacrifice that was made they they establish monuments they put up statues and uh, these statues help you remember what they endured what they went through and hopefully serve as an encouragement to us I want to pull up an image of a statue. This image is a statue that gives us a mental picture of the gospel message that we're going to be sharing today. As the soldiers are there, uh, one is wounded and is being carried by two other soldiers. He makes sure, though, that even though he's wounded, as they are opening themselves up to be taken advantage of by carrying him, he still is protecting them. You notice on one hand, he's got his weapon, and on the other hand, a knife, another weapon. There's still a, 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 a care for one another, even as they are trying to make sure that one of their fallen soldiers gets home. This sculpture is called no man left behind. And the key takeaway from this picture is, is the image of three people unified, focused and going the same direction. The key thing to remember is, is if one of them turns and goes another way, if, if two decide to, to part ways, all three of them will likely perish. But it is the harmony that you find in the three of them being unified and going the same direction. We are in need of some harmony today because the church universal, but even Mac Ave Church has some things that are starting to pull us to go different ways and we need some harmony to unify us. So if you will, please turn with me to Colossians chapter 3. We're going to be looking at verses 12 through 17. 
I'm looking forward to the Holy Spirit being the one that holds me up during the midst of this preaching moment. And I hope that you'll be praying for me. Colossians chapter three, verses 12 through 17, it says, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So you almost so you also must forgive. And above all these put on love which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Verse 14 is going to be the the heart of our message because there's two words spoken in verse 14 that serve as the foundation for building and understanding the rest of the verses. Two words, love and harmony. Love and harmony. Love is not just something that's like a a vehicle that we use to be able to get something else. Love is is an end goal in and of itself. Paul says it a little bit better in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. When he when he talks about how we can he's speaking to a culture and he's saying you can do a lot of cool stuff. But if your motivation ain't right. It's going to be horrible. Look at what he says. He says in 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 3, he says, If I speak in tongues of men and angels but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have and if I deliver up to my body to be burned but have not love, I gain nothing. Let me give it to you in today's today's Pastor Leon Layman's terms. If I have speech that would mesmerize both the earth and the heavens. But no love. I've wasted my breath. If I can have foresight and see future events and explain the unexplainable, but I don't have love, I'm like a 1-800 number psychic, worthless. If I can believe to the point where mountains move, but I have no love, then I'm just messing up everybody's hiking trails and their backdrops for their wedding pictures. It's pointless. If I'm so generous that I rid the world of hunger and have no love, then I just filled a lot of empty people. Why does why does Paul go here? Paul is going here because he's trying to help us see that love is not just a vehicle. Love is a catalyst. Love is something that dwells within you and then gets expressed 
It's not simply an action. It is also the motivation for the actions. So that's why Galatians chapter five. Paul says it there. He says, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love, only faith working through love. Why is that verse important? It's important because he's trying to show no matter who you are, if you are on the side of circumcision, which was a hot topic or uncircumcision, which was a hot topic, no matter which side you fall on, if you can't fall with the posture of love, that shows that your faith is something that is real, it's pointless. It's pointless. They're, they're, they're for, the, for the early church, the topic of, of circumcision was one of the most heated and debated topics you can imagine. We were just la- laughing a little bit about, about some of the football uh, right now, I'm not, I'm not going to get on my homies because they're my homies and you don't kick homies when you're down, when they're down. But I have been like to places where in the earlier days, like I don't even wear Ohio State uh, paraphernalia or clothing anymore because I just don't want to deal with the mess. Like I've been places where like I'm turned like this and I'm putting my stuff on, on, the, on the register, and the lady's like, hey, how you doing today? I'm like, I'm doing all right, and then I turn. She sees I have an Ohio State thing, and she's like, uh. Nobody want to bag my groceries, you know what I'm saying? Like, all of a sudden, she closed down, going on break. You know, it's, just, it's like, like, like even the most tense types of, of situations must have love, not simply in the expression, but in the motivation. And Paul is saying, if there's going to be any harmony, any harmony in the church, remember circumcision and non-circumcision was a church issue. If there's going to be any type of unity, a, a, a commonality of going the same way, moving forward in the same direction at the foundation must be love. must be love. So if love is the motivator and the strength that carries us forward with someone else, it, if, if love gives us the, the, the ability to keep pushing forward, to keep walking together, to, to hold one another up, then harmony is the agreement of which way we will choose to go. Love gives us strength. Harmony gives us direction. Look with me in Amos chapter 3, verse 3. Amos captures this theme. It's a quick verse. It just says, do two walk together unless they have agreed to meet? That there's an an agreement that we're going to start this process together and then move forward. Harmony is captured in, in in that quick verse. So I asked some of you guys, and I don't know how I'm going to do it. Would you, in the chat, list for me 
what you think is the, the, the biggest divisive issue that we have going on in our country or in our churches today? What is the, 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 the major divisive issue? I know you probably could do a list of 25. Slow down, pinky finger. Slow down. Just give me one today. And y'all can go ahead and, and start, start filling that in. But harmony is, 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 the, is, is this, a, it's this agreement, it's this posture, it's this, this heart that says, I will not villainize you because you want to go a certain direction. I will consider, I will discuss, I will talk with you as to whether we will go this direction together. I will determine what it looks like for us to be aligned towards this end goal. And, and, and the military example is very real because in the military, you have to count the cost. You have to consider what is it that we're going to be up against and what might have to be our exit strategy if things don't go the way we plan? You see, somehow we forget as believers that we are in a war, that we're in a spiritual war, a spiritual battle. And so let's say that we want to do something together and it doesn't go the way we plan. Do we take sides and just decide to go separate ways? Or do we allow harmony? Do we allow an, an ability to realize that we need one another? We must work together and we must carry one another to get to our end goal. So as you guys are writing down some of the major the, the, the things that, that are dividing the church today and dividing people today, I'm, I'm going to list a few. Here's a few. Like today, uh, this week, our church went back and forth. Uh, and as I've been talking with other pastors, trying to consider how best to make a decision as to when you have in-service meetings and when you don't is, is a point that's been very divisive. Some churches have been on the extreme where they have said, uh, we are coming to church, we don't care, we'll be present, and we're not wearing any mask, we're not having any protocol, and people just kicking it. And unfortunately, we've seen some, the effects of that type of behavior. We've seen the other extreme as well, where there are churches that I know of that just stop meeting, period. No shifting online, no, uh, um, you know, Cassette tape that they send it out. No, nothing. Just the, the building is closed. The community is no longer connecting. Done. And then you have all this in the middle of how do you make these decisions? How do you how do you go for it? Another major issue that's taking place right now. You got cops on one hand, and you got those that identify with a reality of police brutality on another hand, right? 
And God yet is still calling the church to be unified, even though both fill the pew seats. We got uh, schools. Our brother Andrew just brought us into it, right? We got schools where where you got parents on one end that are so frustrated with the experience of their kid. And not, this is not everybody, but some parents are really, really struggling with, with the experience of their child right now and see their child actually doing far worse. And then on the other hand, you've got teachers that are saying, I'm trying to do the best I can. This learning curve with something changing every day. One of my friends as a teacher says he has four screens going where he's trying to teach the content, look at the chat. Also respond to administrative things that are coming and then uh, trying to still deal with some of the some of the social worker aspects of being a teacher. Because if you see something unhealthy in a home, you can't just ignore it. And all this tension is just mounting. And yet we have an opportunity to come fill the pew and be in harmony. What does that look like? It looks like love. I cut off. So some of you guys have said politics. Some of you guys have said racism. Even even the idea of whether we should wear or should not wear masks. Big points of tension. But if but if God has already unified us and then said, hey, the foundation by which you'll even talk about things that you disagree on, the foundation by which you even have these discussions is one of love. Then then, then the way you guys move forward in a unified manner is going to look very different than the world. It's going to look very different than the world. Let's, let's talk a little bit about what can harm harmony. If harmony is us moving forward by the strength of love from the Holy Spirit with a direction that's going to be pleasing to God, bringing God glory. Let's talk about what can harm harmony. Look with me in verses 12 through 13. When we negate verses 12 through 13, We become destructive. We begin to harm. We begin to tear apart the fabric of the harmony that the Lord wants for the church, this church, for Macav. Read with me verse 12. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, Meekness and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, you also must forgive. Compassionate hearts. I've watched our margin for kindness, meekness, compassionate lifestyles, humility shrink more and more because of our, 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 our lack of 
being in one another's presence and our lack of deep relationships. If I can say anything, uh, it definitely the political season contributed to it. But I think not just having to actually say it to someone's face has contributed to the 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 margin, the bandwidth, the the willingness to be far more patient has has shrunk. I love that that our understanding of compassion doesn't flow from just being kind to one another. It flows from who Jesus is. Elwell, who who wrote a part of the Baker Encyclopedia of the Bible, says this. He says, in scriptural usage, compassion is always both a feeling and the appropriate action based on that feeling. You do something as a result of how you feel. The New Testament, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, exactly reflected the Father's compassion in his dealings with a fallen humanity. Jesus healed diseases and infirmities. He cast out spirits. He empowered others and sent them out to do likewise. He fed hungry people, and in response to a mother's grief, he raised her only son from the dead. Jesus' example is how Christians are to show compassion in dealing with others. Jesus set forth the example in the parables of the Good Samaritan who had compassion on a wounded traveler and the prodigal son whose father had compassion on him when he returned home. You see, compassion might be what starts in our heart, but it moves into an action. And if we are to move in a harmonious format, we got to, as a family, show one another compassion. All it takes is for us to show a little less compassion and we begin to unravel the harmony God desires for us. I don't want to I don't want to put anyone else on blast. I put myself on blast. If I can share just a a callous heart moment that um, shows the the potential for the the ebbing away, the the subtle decline of compassion. I was talking with a homie, uh, one of my one of my white homies, and they were sharing about how because of living in Detroit, because of some of their uh, uh, political preferences, uh, they were sharing about how like uh, some of the understanding they've gotten received from getting connected with neighbors and loving neighbors and just the whole nine, they have perspectives different than they did when they left their parents' home. And so now going back to their, their family's home and the family still has the, a different mindset than this person, when they go back and they speak up because they don't agree with some of those perspectives or some of the things said, They, they feel the backlash of the family. They feel the sting of the family. They feel hurt by their family. And if I can be honest, what I thought in that moment was, well, it's about time you get a chance to experience what people of color experience all the time. No one knew it. Nobody was there to witness. The the Lord didn't put a a screen projector on my forehead where everyone was able to see. But I knew in my heart there was no compassion. 
No entering into the pain that my brother was sharing with me at that time. No, no entering into the hurt. No entering into the, the willingness to be courageous for the sake of the gospel. And, and, and now there's this painful experience and I let pride sleep in. I let selfishness creep in. You see, it was actually more about me and, and, and my experience than actually demonstrating what God calls us to, which is to, to be compassionate, to be humble. It was a, it was a time where, where I was supposed to have my heart break for my brother. Instead, I let my heart be a little bit more guarded, protected, and hardened. See, it doesn't take much to begin to, to break away at the fabric of harmony. All it takes is people who God has made to reflect his image, to act as he acts, to do as he does, to just not do it. Even if nobody's watching, to just not be Christ-like. Hi, I'm going to keep talking about the the importance of patience every week, and we've talked about it a ton, uh, and I'm going to keep talking about it because how many of us struggle with, with extending patience, with walking with somebody on their timeline? And how many of us want patience when we're the one that's struggling? You see, fam, God is pretty clear about some amazing ways that we can operate in a harmonious fashion but it takes a little bit of work but work that the spirit has empowered us to be able to do and so we have the ability to be compassionate we have the ability to be patient we have the ability to be humble if we are not humble people, it will tear apart at the fabric of our harmony. Why am I saying our harmony? I'm saying it because we need to be reconnected. We need to make sure that as we are walking in our different pods and pockets, that, that after this election cycle, we don't start like drifting more and more and being like, oh, well, you know who she voted for and you know who he voted for. So now we start to click up a little bit as a church and no, nah, I'm going to need you, regardless of who you voted for, to be willing to carry me. I'm going to need you regardless to where you stand on charter schools or public schools or, or so many issues that we get to debate about in the church, but are we still down for each other in a manner where it flows from love and the goal is to bring God glory as a unified people? We got to be humble. We got to be humble. Hum humility as listed here is where you you set your own motivation aside and your personal preferences aside for the sake of others. That when people come to you, they feel safe and they know that their needs will be considered and that they are a priority to you. But here's the thing with humility. Humility always has to have integrity going hand in hand. 
Humility and integrity must go hand in hand, and it allows us to have a harmony within the church. But sometimes we find humble people not willing to be people of truth. Humble people that will say, I care about you, I'm going to provide a safe space, but I won't actually tell you that I disagree with what you're saying. See, see we, can, we can start tearing apart at the fabric of harmony if we're not willing to be truth tellers, especially as it relates to matters of sin. So do people come to you because they know that they're going to find a safe place and a person that's going to affirm all of their decisions? It's not humility. Or do people come to you because even though you may disagree with them, you're going to do so in a manner where they feel the motivation is one of love and the motivation is one of seeing them walk with you in a manner where everyone glorifies God. Humility and integrity must be together. And Mac family, we need you. We need you. I am so grateful for the, the love that is present within our church body. And if you are a visitor, you're like, what's going on? What's up with this church? Well, we're a church that, that likes, to, likes to trust God for what's happening in one another's lives. And so we actually share. We actually become vulnerable. We might actually be struggling with something and invite someone else in. And that is a sacred, safe place. But if God has provided an opportunity for you to be there, then you be God's woman in that space. You be God's man in that space. We don't cower or fear being honest. We say, God, you gave me the, you gave me the chance to provide a safe place for this person, a, a humble experience. Let me also have the courage to speak up and speak out when their life or their actions is one that doesn't bring you glory. You see, fam, let us, let us look at, at, at what is, has the potential to break away at our harmony. What is it that, that has the potential to, to be destructive? But now let us look at some of the things that can, that can actually heal and strengthen harmony. Because I need you. You need me. We need each other. We are a family. We are the people of God, and we need to be unified. Christ already died so that that would be the case, but now we need to experience what he died for, which is a harmony within the family. So what can heal and strengthen harmony? What can heal or repair when our hearts want to behave in unhealthy ways like, like when I've had to repent? My example. What can strengthen the harmony, the focus, the, the direction by which we are all going? What are some of the tools? I'm going to list a whole bunch of them, then I'm going to focus on one. Look, at me, look with me in verses 16 and 17. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, 
singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Admonishing one another in all wisdom. Admonish, lift up one another in all wisdom. There was a study that was done in 1994 uh, by the U.S. News and World Report. It's an older study, but I think it reigns true today. In order to uncover the process uh, that destroy unions and, and merits, marriages, researchers studied couples over the course of years, even decades, and retraced the star-crossed steps of those who have split up, and they trace those steps all the way back to their wedding day. What they are discovering is unsettling. None of the factors one would guess might predict a couple's durability actually does. Not how in love a newlywed couple say they are, or how much affection they exchange, how much they fight, or, or what they fight about. In fact, couples who will endure and those who won't look remarkably similar in the early days. Yet when psychologist Cliff Notorious of Catholic University and Howard Markman of the University of Denver studied newlyweds over the first decade of marriage, they found a very subtle but telling difference at the beginning of the relationships. Among couples who would ultimately stay together, Five out of every 100 comments made about each other were put-downs. Among couples who would later split, 10 of every 100 couples, excuse me, 10 of every 100 comments were insults. That gap magnified over the following decade until couples heading downhill were flinging five times as many cruel and invalidating comments at each other as happy couples. Hostile put-downs act as cancerous cells that, if unchecked, erode the relationship over time, says Notorious, who with, Mark, who with Markman co-authored the book, We Can Work It Out. In the end, relentless, unremitting, negativity takes control and the couple can't get through a week without major blow-ups. Admonish. It's clear that, that there is a snowball effect that will happen. Is the snowball effect within the people of God going to be similar to this study where it's one where we keep lifting each other up, lifting each other up, lifting each other up? where Satan has wounded me and I'm hurting. And it's your words that breathe life into me, that, that build me up, that help me continue to, to run this race. Or will it be a silence? Or better yet, will it be a negativity? 
Will it be an excitement to challenge what I see on Facebook or an excitement to to put out this tweet that sticks it to the other side, the, the circumcised, sticking it to the uncircumcised and the uncircumcised, mad at the circumcised and our and our churches so quick to be able to fight? Or will it be a admonishing posture? A posture where where we first think, how do I show you how much I love you before I show you how much I want to correct you? Because the motivation is love, right? The motivation comes from Christ. And so even my correction comes from love. I was... uh, Um, I was, uh, I, I did not get the chance to celebrate and thank you all, Macav, because, um, you guys surprised us, surprised us really well. We, uh, were told at our home, uh, just be on the lookout and we want you in the backyard at 1.30. Now, I'm like, okay, well, okay, like, let's see what happened. Maybe, like, I was at church. Somebody, like, paid to have the leaves raked. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't know. My backyard is not usually a spot where somebody go tell me to chill. So I'm like, okay, let me get ready for this. Let's, let's see what's up. I have literally no idea. We walk outside, and... Uh, and then we just start seeing the fam. And uh, you guys admonished us in a way that will always be like a, a part of our hearts, in a way that, that, that breathed life into us. And in a way that you will, you will like never understand like, like, like what you did because you also don't understand like the, the battles that happened. Like you don't understand the fights of lies that I have to sometimes wrestle with from Satan. And I'm not saying this to get any 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 like love or anything. You, but 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 just the 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 cars, the signs, the the shouting, the parade of people who came by our house, just to say an admonishing word gave me more ammunition to be able to fight. So, Macav, why, why wouldn't we choose admonishing one another instead of choosing quarreling or fighting or putting down one another or even silence? It's powerful. And every single day you get a chance, I get a chance to give somebody else a parade. I get a chance to, to take the, the scriptures of God and celebrate him while I celebrate you. Why would I not choose that? Specifically in this next season coming up, fam, as you and I know, we, there's a great potential for the next season to be lonely. 
There's great potential for us all to be stretched a bit more mentally and emotionally and spiritually as another lockdown people are talking about and getting ready for. If that happens, would you admonish? If that happens, would you consider taking the words and using those words of the Lord to help us be experiencing harmony as a church fam? Would you see yourself as God sees you as one of his soldiers and the main way that you as a soldier can help someone else is by speaking God's word into their life, encouraging them and celebrating them? You, you ever been with a friend that's hurt? It, it, it even happens in war movies, you know what I'm saying? Dude gets shot, shot in the leg, they light up his leg, his leg is jacked up, and what is his friend saying? Dude, you're breathing great. You're doing, you're doing awesome. Man, we're going to get home and you don't even have to worry. Bleeding out, messed up. But what, what do you, you focus on the aspect that you can celebrate. Fam, we can admonish. These scriptures, or we can go to Romans 12, which is a, a similar, similar amount of scriptures. In Romans 12, God says we're supposed to be doing this even for enemies. So what, what do we do in this harmony of our family? We admonish. I said that there were two examples, and we're going to get out of here. First example was one of the military. Second example is one of music. Music is, a, is, a, 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 is this beautiful expression that God has given us. But in music, uh, um, and y'all know, I don't know a ton about music, but, but in, my, in my research and what the Lord allowed me to see even through this, uh, and I, I, I pray I was right in all that research, um, is that, that one voice with no instruments, no, uh, no music, no backgrounds, just straight acapella, one voice can create a beautiful melody. Amazing. Some of my favorite songs are just straight acapella, straight from the larynx, let it flow. But one voice with nothing else cannot create harmony. Harmony must have either another voice to accompany or another instrument that is able to create the proper chords to help that person out. See, harmony cannot be achieved alone. It takes you and me together. Family, this is, this is, this is crucial. I need you and you need me. We must be willing to walk together helping one another out so that the harmony that God desires brings him glory and also blesses one another. We are in a fight. But the enemy is not the other side in the sanctuary. The enemy is not our neighbors out there. The enemy is Satan. And as long as we do not operate moving in the same fashion as a unified family, He's advancing against us. He's fooling us. And he's winning. 
That statue I showed you is, is a statue that was put at Camp Pendleton. It's a seven foot tall uh, by six foot wide sculpture and it was unveiled uh, at the war Wounded Warrior Battalion Complex uh, aboard Camp Pendleton. Uh, it's in California and they showed it on uh, November 12th some years ago. It now sits outside the center where Marines receive medical care, mental health counseling, and assistance as they transition into the next phase of their lives. It's symbolic. It's, it's, it stands right there at a place where people are receiving the wholeness, the restoration that they need. Family, how much more so the church? That we get a chance to demonstrate beautiful harmony that God provides, but we're not simply trying to get someone to a counselor, which can be extremely healthy, but we're trying to get some people to the counselor, the healer, the savior, Jesus Christ. If you're hurting, come. If you are in need, come. If you are wounded, come. Come to the healer whose name is Jesus Christ and come knowing a sister or brother will walk with you. He sees the pain that you're carrying and he provides two things. He provides himself and he provides a community. Come. And giving of himself, he knows that you inherited a, a sinful posture. He knows that you are chained to this, this cycle of being in charge of your own life. But that life though you may be in charge, is a life that is contrary to the way God designed it. He designed life that he would lead and that you would follow. Will you accept his way today? Tomorrow might be too late. Accept Christ as your savior today. That is our call to salvation. It is a call for you to live for him, for him to lead, for you to follow. And then he gives you a family who you can be in harmony with and who will march with you. But if you are a person that's already walking out this Christian life and already accepted Jesus into your heart, then the call to sanctification is for you. That's a call to live like Jesus. And my simple question is, how do you plan to admonish those around you? Not simply bite your tongue or not speak negatively or just hold back when you want to say something sharp. No. How will you admonish with wisdom? And the wisdom is thus saith the Lord. If you've uh, accepted Christ today by, by believing that you want him in charge of your life, I ask you to pray this prayer with me. Repeat after me. God, you're in control. I don't want to be in control anymore. I submit my life to you. Jesus, you died so that I could live. Your death frees me from the bondage of sin. And I want to live free and redeemed. 
It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you've prayed that prayer and believe in your heart, not just the words, but believe in your heart that he is your Lord and you want to live for him. And even if you don't know what all that's going to mean, what is that? What do those changes mean? Step one is belief. We will talk about what those actions look like. And afterwards, we will have a Zoom call where, where I'd love to walk you through that. But even if today is your first day of accepting Christ, we at MacAv celebrate Jesus with you and welcome you into the family. One of the things we do as a family is we take communion together. So families at this point, if you can go ahead and get your communion. We do this because Jesus commanded it. Not out of anger or not forcefully, but to remind us of what he accomplished on our behalf. His body was broken and his and his and his life freely given so that we could have the fullness of life. No longer chained to sinful ways, but now uh, a, a, a slave to freedom and rejoicing in new life. So go ahead and get your bread or cracker. Take the bread, break it, take and eat it. Christ's body was broken for us. And we do this as an act of worship. So if you love Jesus, feel free to take communion. If not, then uh, we ask that you not, not partake in this because this is an, an act of worship. And then the, the juice or the wine or whatever you have represents Christ's blood that was shed for the forgiveness of our sins. Take and drink. Jesus, we are grateful. There's nobody greater, Lord, nobody greater than you. I feel like every week there's a song that comes to mind when I, when I have a moment to take communion because you are just so amazing. We just want to cry out. We want to sing out. We want to rejoice because we, when we think of the cross and we think of all that you did on the cross, Lord, we are blown away that we get this level of victory. Thank you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen.